Hi, my name is Sarah Jones and I am the founder and a funeral director at Full Circle Funerals. In this podcast, I'll be speaking to real people who share their experiences of arranging and then attending a funeral for someone they care about. They're going to share their tips, what they were worried about and their advice in the hope that this will help other people who find themselves in the same situation. There's lots of resources available on websites, uh, in books and in other media where professionals like funeral directors and bereavement practitioners share their tips. But this podcast is all about people with their own lived experience sharing their accounts in the hope that that will help and inspire others. So today I am speaking to Marie. Marie looked after um, her mum. She cared for her for two years before she died. And then Marie arranged her mum's funeral in October of last year. So thank you very much, Marie, for um, being willing to come and, and share your story and your thoughts for the podcast. Would you be happy to start by telling me a little bit about um, about your mum and um, if you want to, a little bit about the events leading up to you needing to arrange her funeral? Well, my mum had COPD, so she knew for a while that that condition wouldn't get any better. It, it would only get worse. So she decided in 2017 that what she wanted to do was to plan and and organise and arrange her own funeral. Um, The main purpose of that was so that we've got just myself and my sister, there's only two of us, so that we didn't have the anxieties and worries and the expense of paying for her funeral. And that was really important to my mother because she never, ever... Um, wanted to to put on us in any way, shape or form. She she was a fiercely independent woman. Um, Sadly, the the last two years, she did have a number of strokes, which meant that I had to care for my mum for the last two years of her life. But but she always felt a tremendous sense of peace that everything that she could have done prior to having that stroke, she had put in place for her children so that when we did pass away... That was one less worry and one less anxiety for us. Um, so, yeah, in 2017, my sister at the time lived in Rawdon and she mentioned that, I'm not sure whether um, Full Circle was open or not, but she did mention that she'd seen a funeral director's in Rawdon. Now, historically, we'd always used the same funeral director's for my uh, family members, but my mother decided that, no, well, if it's in Rawdon, It'll be easy for my sister to get to. It'll be not so easy for me to get to, but but fairly accessible for me. So access was a big thing for my mother. She didn't want us both having to travel miles to go see her, to make her funeral arrangements, to do all of these things. So in 2017, she basically uh, phoned them up and said, um, could I possibly come and see you, have a chat with you about um, my funeral and arrangements? And she gave them a call and um, they were absolutely brilliant. They said, look, we can answer all of your questions. Um, what's a convenient time for you to come? Um, and um, and basically they organised everything around my mother, set up a meeting with her. It was really lovely, really informal, offered her coffee, biscuits, 
Um, even said that the dog could come, which was again hugely important because I um, drove my mum up there and obviously I'd sort of got the dog and other caring responsibilities at the time. Said, not a problem, come and have a chat with us. And um, they were just lovely, absolutely lovely. And they, they, they basically, they said from the start, what's the kind of budget you want to work within or all that sort of thing. And uh, there, there was no hard sales. There was nothing. It was just everything was about my mother and what she could um, afford, what she could fit in. So, so yeah, that that's how it came about. In 2017, we went together. And what was lovely was we did it together. And even afterwards, um, we had a laugh. We took a picture of the um, place outside full circle with my mother waving and... Um, yeah, it was it was it was fun. There wasn't the anxiety and the stress or anything, because obviously things seem so far in the future that it was one thing she said, well, that's done now. That's it. All the information is in a draw. You know where everything is. It's paid for. When anything happens to me, all you've got to do is is pick up that paper and uh, give them a ring and everything is done for you. And to be honest, it was um it was the best thing she could have ever done, to be honest with you, Sarah. So, yeah, that, that's how it came about. So that probably leads us neatly on to, I suppose, the time that then you needed to pick up the phone and mm-hmm. um, you, you knew that you needed to use the funeral plan after your mum had died. Do you remember mm-hmm. if there was anything that you were particularly worried about at that point or what was on your mind? Um. <sighs> Well, I think I think the thing is, it's it's as much as you prepare yourself for anybody's death. It's still a shock when it happens. So I think that everything was on my mind. I was just in a state of of, of shock, in a state of panic, in a well, what do I do now? So, so at that initial stage when my mother passed away and I was with her. Um, I knew that I had got the funeral plan there because it was it pre passing away. I had an idea, well, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do the other. And so I was in rational mode. But when somebody passes away, you're not in rational mode. You're you you you're completely overwhelmed by emotion. And all rationality for me goes out of the window. So what to do is my first thing was just to be there with her. And um, yeah, just just be go through that process, and then when I kind of realised, right, I have to do something now. I have to pick up the phone, you know. I have to phone the funeral director, and that's the first thing that I needed to do. Because when she did pass away, I phoned my sister and asked if she wanted to come and see her while she was still at home. I phoned my mother's best friend, who was just up the road. Um, to come and see her and so we sat with my mother for a while and it was all very peaceful and we chatted to her and one thing and another and explained to my mother what we would be doing now played some songs for her so we had that really special time together and that was the point then after an hour or two I thought right okay I've got to um, but that helped me relax as well so that having that time helped me relax so then I went to the draw um, picked up the paper, got the telephone number of Full Circle and phoned them. Yeah, so in terms of what I was worried about, um, 
there's sort of um, the anxieties as soon as I picked up the phone, any anxieties that I did have that I wasn't aware of. Uh, I think the anxieties was that that one of my biggest fears was that they, they just come and and take a body and it's all done very, um, very coldly, very... Um, you know she's dead now, and 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 that's it. And to us, she's just a body, and that's that that frightened me because because she's not. She's my mum. So I think I was I was afraid of what the kind of process was of to to get my mother out of the property. Obviously, I knew that she'd go in a body bag, and then she'd have to go in the back of the vehicle. And but it was that process of of how that would happen. That I was anxious about because I needed to know that she was still safe because obviously I'd looked after her for for two years and it's not something that you just switch off. Whoever you're handing your mum over to, you still want to feel reassured that what's happening to her is that she's safe and she's going to be cared for. So I think probably the biggest anxieties were, were around that initial getting her from the house um into the into the vehicle and kind of saying goodbye at that stage because that's where my control ends that's where my caring responsibilities end and to hand that over be it because to me whether she's she's passed away or she's not she's still my mum yeah so I think that was the the kind of anxious bit for me well thank you um for sharing that Marie because I think there's a lot that you've just talked about that many people won't know so mm-hmm. that you had um you spent time with your mum and your sister came and you mentioned your mum's mm-hmm. friend and and creating that space before anyone comes for you to listen to music yeah. and create that sense of calm I think having shared that will be very helpful for many people because they may not realize that that's something that they can do and might find helpful yeah. so I think yeah. that's a really powerful thing um to have shared so thank you, because I know it, it's, a lot of, it's very personal to talk about, isn't it? Um, so once, um, when you started to then put your mum's wishes into action, so started to make arrangements for the funeral, do you remember anything that you found particularly helpful at that point? When we went to plan the funeral then with Nicola, we'd already got a copy of my mother's plan, so we sat down and then it was like, um, you know, Nicola was lovely. She just said, obviously, we can go. Are you happy with this plan? And and um, if 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 just looking for ideas, she was she was always kind of always giving creative ideas, not to change what my mother had done, but just to obviously the 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 thing was is that it was only a kind of outline of how she wanted the funeral to take place so all the other little bits about um the the, the flowers and and the um celebrant i think that's how you pronounce them and and did i want it to be a humanist or you know all these little things she really really listened to what kind of person my mother was so she really wanted to know about my mum and really listen to what kind of person that my mum was. So, you know, whether it was going on holiday to Blackpool or enjoying playing bingo or a love of animals, uh, because, she, you know, she grew up with um, rescuing cats. Um, 
and all the th- the kind of uh, things that that who she was she really wanted to get to know um, a mother as a person so once she kind of got that it was easy then for my mum to kind of ask questions like was she religious is there any things she would like specifically any kind of flowers the music um she was just really creative but at the same token completely listened to us and me and my sister because we met together so me and my sister did it together um so listening to what our ideas were and again working within we had the budget and this is the if we wanted this this would cost extra and we could do this and um so I think I just found that there was a lot of things that I didn't think of that I said oh I said would it be I said, my mother always loved bagpipes. I said, she just loved them. I said, I don't know why, but she loved bagpipes. So Nicola said, well, we can get bagpipes if you want bagpipes. So I'm like, are you joking? You mean you can have bagpipes? Because the idea was that they would come to my mother's house and she would leave from from her home in Morley. That's what we want. That's what I wanted. And that's what she wanted for the hers to leave from, from her home. So she said, well, how would you feel about bagpipes playing outside of your mum's? And then the hearst can go off to the sound of bagpipes. So I was like, oh, do you know what? That is absolutely, she would absolutely love that because everybody met at my mum's. And then the bagpipes played as the hearst left. And she loved the song Amazing Grace. So the bagpipes played Amazing Grace as the hearst went down the street, everybody it was in absolute floods of tears. And you could say, well, well, it was so emotional, but in a nice way, it wasn't in floods of tears of sadness. It was in floods of tears that that was so poignant and memorable for everybody that even after the funeral, they said the thing that, that they will remember the most is is my mother leaving in the hearse, but the bagpipes playing. And so that was amazing. So without Nicola bringing that in, it and that was only through talking and listening to things that my mother liked. What advice would you have for somebody who finds themselves now needing to make funeral arrangements? I'd look to what what is in your local area. Because I think accessibility is really important and being able to, to if, if that's what you choose to do, not everybody wants to go to the chapel of rest, not everybody wants to do that. Um, but I think as, as, a, as a starting point for me, I would look what's in your local area. But then I would also have a look at what the reviews are as well, because it may be that, that reviews can be really helpful because if some somebody's got um really good helpful reviews and and um yeah I think I think with anything with anything you choose whether it's a holiday whether it's it's something that you purchase you would always look at the reviews so has it got good reviews so I'd probably look at the reviews I'd look at um the accessibility I'd then personally I'd give them a ring and I'd say to them, um, have a chat with them, maybe go and visit the place, maybe have a look at what options they've got. Have they got any prepaid funeral options? So, yeah, I would say shop around. 
shop around because even if you've used a funeral director in your family for for years, that funeral director has to be right for you too. It has to be a two-way thing. So I would say yes. Um, I can't really add to that, to be honest. I'm no, sure I could sit here and go on and on, but um, no, no, that's perfect, and yeah. that's re- and actually that's that's really good practical advice because you've mm. um, you've made some suggestions about things that people can do sitting at home, can't they? They mm. can have a look online, they can look at some yeah. review websites, then they can yeah. pick up the phone. And yeah. if they think it would be helpful, they can, they now know from listening to you that it's okay to go into a couple of different funeral directors and get a sense of what the place feels like and whether yeah. they feel comfortable there and whether they feel a connection with the person who's going to be supporting them, which is yeah. not something everybody knows is a, is a really reasonable thing to do. Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful. And then finally, one last question, mm-hmm. Marie, okay. do you have any advice? or thoughts which might help people who are grieving so a little bit further on in the in the journey any advice for people who find themselves maybe at the start of of this process well because because I cared for my mother for so long um and then I had to um well I didn't have to I chose to go back and care for my mother's cats and I'm still I'm so I'm still in that process now of caring for my mother's cats um what I found really helpful was was that um I did decorate the house for her uh redecorated so I spent time um decorating the house also my mother um her life was all about cats and rescuing cats so I turned the bedroom that she'd passed away in and that I'd cared for her for two years in um I turned that that into what now we call the cat room uh so it's got all the comfy um cat play things and pictures and I've got pictures on the wall of all the cats that she's rescued um I put a cat flap into the patio door so that room now is completely dedicated to the cats and now the sun shines in well not that we've had much sun but when the sun shines in now the cats come and lay in that room and it's as if they've really embraced that room so I found I found that that was really helpful. I also um, looked into um, getting a ring done so that I could put my mother's ashes into it. And it's only a couple of, well, last week that the lady actually phoned me up and she said, we've done your ring now, Marie. So if you want to bring the ashes, we can put the ashes into it. Um, Set things up for yourself because it's really, for me, it's really easy then to... um, think because everybody else is getting on with life everybody else is 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 is, is kind of getting on with the, the funerals over now and you feel sometimes there's that expectation that you should be moving on and why am I feeling the way I'm feeling and everybody else just seems to be getting on with normal life and all the 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 phone calls and the adrenaline when you're on an adrenaline high, that's all gone then. And um, and it's easy for people to kind of forget 
or you think that they've forgotten. So sometimes it's just really helpful to when people do ask, would you like to go for coffees or would you like to go for a walk or would you like to um, do things that are sometimes just a big enough distraction to take you out of what you normally would would do. And you've got to force, well, I had to force myself to do things because I didn't have the energy. I felt too exhausted to do anything. But I forced myself because I thought that, no, even if these things don't necessarily make me feel any better, I thought I'll just give them a go. But to be honest, Sarah, a lot of the things, they did make me feel better. Going out for a walk, being in nature, talking to people and being honest and, and saying, um, saying if I'm not having a good day, just just be honest, Sam, I'm not having a good day. I'm thinking about my mother um, and not being afraid to talk about it because Friends do want to listen. Family do want to listen. It's not that they're not there for you, but sometimes as well, you you have to reach out and not pretend that everything's okay when it's not okay. If you're not feeling okay, people do want to be there for you, even though they're getting on with their lives. The people who truly care about you are also care enough to say, no, actually, I do want to listen to you. Let's go out for a coffee. Give me a ring because I felt that I didn't want to burden people. But you're actually not burdening people. You're connecting with people because a lot of the people have been through it or they'll go through it in the future. And you know how then to support them, because I will be that person that realizes after the funeral when a lot of people have disappeared. That's the time when somebody most needs you. That's so, so helpful. Thank you so much, Marie. That's wonderful. And such sound advice and that and so much more powerful when it um, comes from somebody who has recently experienced all of these things and is and is still experiencing it. And um, yeah. it's really helpful. And I think a lot of people listening will have will have taken something from what you've said and be able to um decide some actions from it make some changes make some decisions and at least feel a little bit more in control because of what we've oh, heard which is really thank helpful. you so much and if it's helped one person if it's helped one person today uh then 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 that's made me really happy and thank you for the amazing work that you're doing to 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 create this podcast and 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 help you know this growing awareness because it is really what people need so thank you so much sarah Thank you for listening to this episode of How to Arrange a Funeral, Actual Tips from Real People with me, Sarah Jones from Full Circle Funerals. If you found this episode helpful, then please do take a look at some of our other episodes. And if you'd like any additional help or resources, then hopefully you will find something that helps you on our website, which is www.fullcirclefunerals.co.uk. Please feel free to get in touch if you have any suggestions, any questions or any thoughts for episodes which may be helpful in the future. Take care.